Hey, wacky teachers, teacher listening right now. Jess and I are in Egypt, right? I'm not sure where exactly in Egypt. I'm in a tomb and she's, what is this? Where are you, Jess? These are the Great Pyramids and they're right outside of Cairo. I went last summer, so. Okay, awesome. And then we also have, that is not Yoda. That is a gremlin, right? Yeah, it's a gremlin. Okay, make sure to check us out on YouTube. That's first. Um, you can find the link to our YouTube channel in the show notes um, or just, you know, where you found this episode. And uh, today we're just uh, talking kind of off the cuff. It's a coffee chat. I have my coffee here. I don't know what kind of drink Jess has. Um, I'm drinking some coffee in my tomb. Um, <laughs> and we're going to be talking about our personal lives, but always, always our personal lives are so wrapped up in our businesses. And so um, we have some really fun topics. We're going to be exploring today. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw, unfiltered, real. Let's get started. So, Jess, would you like to share what's going on in your life right now? 2023, May, school is wrapping up. What's going on in your world? Okay, I made a few big decisions this last week. <laughs> and they do they they do have a bit to do with money and the economy and everything going on. First thing, I decided to teach summer school for the first time ever. I've been a teacher for 12 years and I've always refused. But this year, honestly, I am feeling the pinch with the inflation and the current economy a little bit like it's like everything is starting to catch up to me and i'm like wow i could really use this extra money for my summer traveling as you know i think i already told you i'm going to greece this summer and i'm also going to go to london and and maybe paris for a few days each maybe brussels and anyway that stuff is expensive it's expensive to go traveling and i actually started my tpt store because i wanted to go traveling more and i didn't make enough money as a teacher like that's why i started doing side hustles everybody has a reason why they start things and i just wanted more money for traveling because it's one of my passions and so yeah i decided to do summer schools it's an insane amount of money this might be one of the last years they're offering it with high money. It used to be a flat $22 an hour, which is not worth it to me. That's why I've probably are, are always said no. But now it's our hourly rate, which is sort of inflated because it includes our retirement benefits, health benefits, and that we only work 180 days a year. So my hourly rate is over $50 an hour. So I'm like, wow, over $50 an hour to be here for summer school. I'm going to go for it because I can't find a part-time job that I would be able to make over $50 an hour at and get paid within two weeks. 
So that's why I said yes to summer school. And then the other big decision I made is I just decided that I have been chasing too many rabbits. Remember the old story, like if you want to catch a rabbit and be successful, well, you can only chase after one at a time because rabbits go all over the place. And I've been maintaining and running a few different businesses. I've been doing a lot. And I decided that I think it's time to close my whimsical crafty business. I have a like a wood cutting machine and I make crafts and they just really the last year, the the business has gone down. There's a million reasons why. But I just when looking at my financial statements, I'm like, wow, I make sometimes 10 times the amount on teachers pay teachers in a month than I do making these crafts. And these crafts take me so long. They take hours and hours and hours each day. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of frustration. And it's definitely cooler to show on social media some nice wooden signs that you've made, some beautiful stuff, rather than some digital pieces of paper, right? Like that's kind of what led me to the crafting. Because I was like, ah, it's going to be so much easier to promote this on social media as I can show these crafts. They're just going to sell themselves. And, And really, I just think that people are struggling financially in a lot of ways right now because of inflation and a lot there's a lot of technology companies laying people off and i'm not saying that everybody's struggling like in their jobs but like the cost of living's gone way up like rent is sky high interest rates are sky high it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people and i think a couple of years ago when i was coming out with my crafts people were like oh cool you know I have 10 20 bucks i could get a couple of those whimsical crafties and now they're like well I need 10 or $20 for gas. I need 10 or $20 for my kids, you know, soccer uniform. I need to save these little chunks of money. I used to spend on little luxuries. I need to save them up for other things. And that's, I mean, that's just the way I've personally been feeling. Uh, We also decided to go from a two car family to a one car family because of the expense of the second car. We've just, we've just been downsizing everything. And so I thought it's a good time to downsize my, my, uh, my life as well, like my business life, right? So like downsizing from, from a few different businesses, getting rid of the one that takes up the most time and makes the least amount of money seem to make the most sense. So that's something I've been doing. Um, do you want to tell me what, tell me about your week? <laughs> no, I want to comment on what you've, okay. what everything that you've, You've said, um, <clears throat> I love that you're making these like really, uh, you're just being very thoughtful, you know, about like how, what you want to put your energy in and like why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and I really appreciate that. And I wanted to mention, you said why you, uh, started your TPT store, whatever, 10 years ago, I think we started around the same time. And I don't know if it was 10 years ago. Mine was I, nine. I, I was 2014. So about nine years ago is when I started, but I was thinking about it 10 years ago, like 2013. I was I like, you started before that 2014 was when my daughter was born and I started a year before my daughter was okay. born. So, so 2013. Been... All right. So yeah, were, 10 years. You, you were doing it then too. Um, I don't know. Okay. Anyways, who cares? Um, but it was I froze. Oh, you did freeze. Wow. Look at that face. Okay. I'm back. 
<laughs> that was funny. Okay. I'm glad you're back. So, um, so I was just thinking about like why I started my TV. I remember show. why you started. Yeah, you do. Yeah, can I guess? And you tell tell me yeah, if I'm you, right. yeah. You said you wanted more clothes and stuff, and you're like you just want more clothes for yourself and like shoes and stuff like that. Your husband was just like, "No, we're on a budget. Stop spending all your money on that stuff." And you're like, "I'm gonna make it myself. I'm gonna go and start a TPT store for more clothes and shoes." Yeah, I like remember, I remember, but I don't know. I wanted like more financial freedom from my husband, which is so funny. <laughs> thinking about that now and also I just really liked making things you know I can't deny that that I'm actually I have a new idea for a new product um that I just like I I constantly have ideas for new products and I write them down I should write this one down um anyways yeah uh so yeah and I think it's really exciting that you're uh, living your dreams, you know, you're traveling the world and you're like doing it now and not waiting, you know. Um, we were actually thinking about possibly going to Italy this summer and we haven't, I mean, it's May. <laughs> so if we're going to Italy, we better figure this stuff out. Um, but I don't know, who knows? We, we we might put it off a little bit. We actually went to Spain in 2019, November of 2019. And it was my first time ever going to Europe. No, November 2019. Do you realize like just yeah. we got there like by the skin of our teeth before the pandemic yeah. and everything shut down. Um, and we had such an amazing time. And it was just Eric and I. Oh, my gosh. We loved it. And my daughter, uh, my in-laws took care of my daughter for 10 days. Yeah, we really want to get back there um, with with our daughter, too. Uh, at some point when she's older, maybe. Uh, but talking about like shutting stuff down that maybe isn't um, worth your time anymore. You did make me think about like hobbies and like, you know, I think you really enjoyed making those wood signs, I'm guessing. And it was fun. Was it fun? Well, at first it was fun. And then it just, you know, when you turn your hobby into a business, it doesn't become very fun anymore. Exactly. You know what I mean, like yes. one example, and this you're gonna slap me around for this probably. You slap me around. But listen, I feel that I am a very good writer, and I have always like I, when I was a little kid, I kept a journal since I would have been like probably maybe seven years old, I kept diaries and journals. And I remember one time I won a gift certificate to Toys R Us and I bought all paper and pencils Aww. at Toys R Us. Like I bought these big <laughs> giant boxes of paper because I just Aww. was so worried. One time there was a fire near my house and we had to evacuate and I filled up my bag with paper and pens. So like I, I've always been obsessed with writing and I feel like I'm so good at it you but are. when I sit down to blog there's just like a disconnect right like I love writing I write letters I've had like international pen pals like instead of calling my mom on the phone I write her a letter right like I love writing I have thousands of little notes in my phone love, 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 obsessed with writing. But when I turn it into a business, 
all right? Like when I try to do something on a blog, I freeze up and it becomes not very fun and not very enjoyable. I don't know what it is. And so at first when I got my laser, my wood laser, it was fun, like making me and myself a bunch of Star Wars signs and but obviously I can't sell those. But, you know, I made myself things. I made friends and family little little gifts and stuff. And that was fun. But then once I had the pressure of like customers and fulfilling orders and doing everything in a timely manner and like, and then I had like, I have Christmas rush, Easter rush, Mother's Day rush, teacher appreciation week rush. I mean, there's all these rushes that come and people want their presence by a certain day. And it just became the most miserable thing in the world. And like my, it's, it caused stress between me and my husband. Like he hates it now. Like it's very noisy and dirty and we were doing it together at first and having fun, but that's before the pressure of the deadlines came into it. And I was just thinking, you know, on teachers be teachers, I, I self-impose the deadlines, but nobody's like forcing me to come up with a product by this date. It's just like whenever I want and I'm making 10 times the money. So, and I I've been listening to this book uh, by Donald Miller and I know you like him too. Um, it's called how to grow your small business. He's actually come out with a few books uh, during the pandemic. I didn't even know that obviously um, the, his branding book is really famous and how to have your brands be a story or the story of your brand or something. I forgot the exact brand. It's huge, right? It's really big, but he's come out with some books since then. This one's how to grow your small business. And one thing he talks about is he's like a lot of small businesses, they do chase too many rabbits, which we've mentioned before. You can only catch, like, if you want to be successful in something, you have all these rabbits, you can only grab one at a time and pet one rabbit at a time, Mm -hmm. right? It's just the way it works. And so he was talking about, you know, like if you're, he used an example of if you own a pet store and you're selling, you know, you're selling dog food and cat food and leashes and, you know, and you might be thinking, well, what should I focus on? Well, look at where the money is. Like, where do you make the most money? And if there's a one brand of dog food that pays you like a bigger percentage profit, like you make more on that brand of dog food, start doing special things to sell more of that. Like it's easier to sell more of what you have than creating new things. And I was like, oh, Because like for my laser business, I'm constantly creating new things. I feel like I can't sell the same designs year after year because my audience is so small. Um, I have to start, keep creating new things for them. And then I was just thinking, it's so silly because here I am sitting on a teacher's pay teacher store with, you know, over a hundred products and there's, you know, four or 5 million teachers out there that could be buying some of these products, but I'm so focused on the Glowforge, the selling the laser products and creating new things there where I, you know, I work, I could work for a couple hours to make $13, right? And I could work for a couple hours on a TPT product and the sky is the limit. It's just finding like, it's a lot easier to find more teachers for those than maybe like keep creating one thing at a time that just disappears. So anyway, and I knew it in my head. I knew it wasn't the smartest choice, but like I said, in the beginning, the first year I was having a lot of fun with it. So I kept up with it. And as soon as it's not fun anymore, I think that's when I reassess the situation. So that's, that's kind of my new stuff. Uh Uh-oh, my screen time was up 11% last week for an average of six hours (laughs) and 39 minutes a day. Oh my. I always get that on Sunday too. It's kind of fun. (laughs) 
Okay. Because on Sunday, they want to, they just want you to be even more depressed. That's a lot of time. Did I really spend that much time? It must be on my phone and my computer. That is so six hours and 39 minutes a day. Mine is usually like eight or nine hours and I teach all day. So I don't understand how that works. <laughs> I know. Okay. I think it's wrong. Okay. Anyway. Um, oh, you know what though? It's a lot of listening to books. I think audible and stuff. Oh, that makes sense. That I love audible. So yeah, no, I really like I just sponsor us right now. Like I could just make money selling audible all day long. That would be great. I should see what jobs they have available. <laughs> I know. Um, so what's well, new with you? Tell me, tell me everything. So we haven't talked in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what's up with me? Uh, so I am kind of in the same position as you where I'm really starting to pare down my life, you know, and like figure out like what's most important. What do I, which rabbit do I want to chase? Um, and, and I also, you know, really, I did for the last, I mean, since the pandemic have been in and out of the classroom. Um, like this last year, I took a leave of absence to homeschool my daughter and we found an amazing new school for her private school. It's, she loves it. It's, it's such, I'm so, we're so lucky, um, that we found this school and it's close by. And so she, started attending the school a month ago and I've had all this time to myself during the day. Um, and I really have really slowed down a lot and just tried to be more like strategic, like you are about, okay, what do I want? <laughs> you know, what are my priorities? Um, what do I want out of life? Uh, and I did come to the realization that, the pressure of making money um, with an online business um, and knowing that I have ADHD and like, it's really hard for me to like prioritize. Um, I mean, that's one of the, my, my biggest struggles uh, is figuring. And I think you have the same, some, something similar, like, what do I prioritize? Uh, and so I basically, I mean, I've figured out that I would rather work on my business and do the things in my business that I enjoy and make money my main source of income from teaching part-time. And so I have joined my district again. So I was on a leave of absence and I'm still an employee with this district. And I actually interviewed, it wasn't really an interview, it was more of a formality with the new, so there's a new high school being built within my district. So we already have a high school and it's huge. And there's, it's just over, there's two, they need a new high school and it's going to open 2024, January, 2024. And right now we're going to be starting next school year. We're going to be in portables. And I did get a job teaching uh, freshman English and ELD. So I'm going to have one uh, fresh freshman, one class of freshmen, and then two ELD. And ELD is English language development. So students who speak English as a second language, uh, which I've had like ELD clusters in my classrooms in the past. Um, 
but I've never actually been like a designated ELD teacher. So that's going to be interesting. I've also never taught high school before. So, and when I went to teaching school, however many years ago it was like 20 years ago or something, I went to, I went and got my single subject uh, credential and I wanted to teach high school English and never was called for an interview. Every, every time, every high school English position that I've applied for never called back for an interview. And so I've only taught elementary and middle school and now I'm moving on up to high school. So I'm really excited um, for this new journey. And like, I'm really, really stoked because you know, the kids when, when the pandemic shut down schools in 2020, March of 2020, that class, I was teaching eighth grade at the time. And before the pandemic, before I even knew it was a thing, like when that school year started, I was like raving to everyone about how much I adored those students. I just developed such a close bond, especially with one specific class. And then everything shut down. And it I was just like so heartbroken because I just basically never saw them again. You know, like it was just terrible. And they're going to be seniors and we're going to be on the same campus next year. So I'm actually hopefully going to be reunited with that class. <laughs> um, and I don't even think they know yet, like that I'm going to be there, but they're going to, I think they're going to be really excited um, and I'm going to be excited to see them. And I'm sure they all are way taller than me now because I'm only five, three. So yeah, those are my, uh, my updates. I'm super That's Such stoked. a cool story. Yeah. Like yeah, it. Do you think I don't know? My friend Amanda, the other Amanda. <laughs> There's uh, two Amandas. <laughs> yeah. She she's I always like, have do you to really think you're gonna like two. high school? I hope you like it as much as you think you're gonna like it. And I'm like, I don't know. They're kind of big kids, aren't they? Yeah, I uh you know, before I became a teacher, I subbed in all the grades because I thought I wanted to teach business in high school because I have a business degree I have a finance degree and I thought I wanted to teach like the you know basic standards of business to high schoolers and uh they ate me alive it was it was like the worst experience of my life without substitute and I mean every school is different obviously you know like the community and everything but I did hear um I hear this a lot because almost all of my friends are ELA secondary ELA teachers and I think we've kind of run socially through a lot of the same groups, which is weird because I've never taught secondary ELA, Yeah, but I was a middle school teacher. I taught social studies. Um, but this is what I hear from my secondary ELA buddies. And I know you have a lot of the same buddies, but they always say that the ninth graders are so cute coming in. Like, you know, in elementary school, like you got the kindergartners and they're so adorable. And, but then in middle school, kindergarten is now sixth grade right and the yeah. sixth grade, they're so cute compared to all the other students they're like so adorable and I heard like that's how it is in high school the ninth graders are like so cute because <laughs> they're like kind of shy and vulnerable but like yeah. trying to school and stuff yeah. so that's what I heard that's like they're like the kindergartners of high school yes and I heard they're like really really adorable and stuff um Aww. but I did hear the challenging challenging but adorable because they're kind of they're coming off of that whole like eighth grade 
you know, we're kings of the school kind of thing. Um, and some eighth graders, as you probably know, can be pretty challenging. But ninth grade, just it's just like a clean slate, just wipes them clean. And I heard they're actually the, you know, easiest. I heard you either want to teach ninth graders or 12th graders. Like 10th and 11th graders have the most issues. But I've always heard like at the very end, you know, sometimes it can be a lot of fun because they're getting so mature and more like adults, you know, but they're not. And then I heard ninth grade is really fun. Cool. Yeah, that 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 I, I do have a feeling that I'm going to love it. I mean, I loved every age. I really did. Like every age had its own issues and its own uh, I mean, every every well and, and its own problems. But I also think like I've realized that every year you're kind of playing like, what's that game? Russian roulette. (laughs) Because you never know what kind of class you're going to get, you know, like no matter what grade, it could be a nightmare year. Like just because of the personalities, like the mixture of like types of kids that are in one room, you know what I mean? Like, so there's like my worst year, you know, I've, I've had a horrible year teaching third grade, like probably one of my worst years ever was the year that I started the school year late, the year I had my daughter. Um, she was born in August and I went back to teaching in October at a brand new school. Um, and this principal was desperate for someone to take over this class. And for some dumb reason, they put every kid that had issues in one room with a long-term sub. I don't know why yeah. they would do that, but there were, I mean, there were like 10 kids that had like, they were, they were, it was a tough class, a very tough class. I'd never had that many needy kids in a school year before. And then starting in October, I don't know. It, it was just a nightmare, but I, I mean, I know it. You know, what's so weird is like now I teach library and so I have 27 classes. (laughs) Like I have 27 classes. Like I have a different, like I see every single kid in the school for one hour a week. And it's weird because like you just get to know, like it's kind of like taking yourself because I was a classroom teacher for so long. And so, and I I taught um, fourth grade through eighth grade. And I subbed in K-12 every single grade. So like, it's almost like taking yourself out and you can kind of see these weird issues like from the outside a little bit because like all my classes are so different. You know, like I have 27 classes and some of them are like the, they're, they're like the worst classes I've ever taught in my entire life. And then some of them are like the best I've ever taught, right? Like, it's just, it's so weird. And you kind of like, you're removing yourself because you remember those years as a classroom teacher, you can't leave your own room. Like you're kind of like stuck in it, right? Like you can't leave your room. Like you're in the mix, you're in the muck. And so it's weird. Like I have this weird, like third person point of view now, because I'm looking at all the classrooms and all the teachers. And it's just so weird. It's like going back and, oh, this, this reminds me of my second year teaching. This reminds me of my fifth year. This reminds me of that one nightmare class, right? Like it's all my experience combined, but I'm seeing it like on a whole school level. It's so weird. Anyway, as you were saying that, it just reminded me of how, how different things are now. Well, yeah, I mean, things are very different. And I do keep hearing, we're going to wrap up probably in a few minutes, but yep, I do keep yeah, like two minutes left hearing teachers 
um, because I didn't teach this year. And I, I think the the year before I, ta- I did teach, uh, not this last year, but the year before that, and everyone was saying, oh, the kids are so different. They're so traumatized. They're just, there's kids, they just don't care anymore. Um, and they're, they're just checked out. Um, I don't know, like, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I think this is a really unpopular thing to say, but I almost wonder like how much of that is the teacher just being, is burned out. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think that kids behavior, I mean, I do think the pandemic has really impacted us, like our mental health. So I'm not denying that. And and like you said, the inflation and poverty and- the kids' behavior is off the wall bonkers. It's like yeah. going into a whole new job. But I do think I, I've I've discovered why. I know exactly why. Like okay, tell <laughs> us. People, I'll tell you in like less than a minute. Um, it's just the technology use. Like everybody, like just dove into their phones and their everyone got technology and they were unsupervised with this technology and it changed student behavior drastically they were left alone with like really disturbing things all day long and it impacted them for years like I mean I have first second and third graders that are just doing the most absurd weird sexual things like all day long right and it comes from phones and you know cell phones and chromebooks and and i think it's kind of twofold with the adults because we all got into our phones during the pandemic a little bit more as we couldn't talk to each other in real life and then their parents are getting into their phones and like everybody's just like sucked in to their technology and the behaviors are bonkers like i said it's very different than three two or three years ago it's teaching different different kinds of kids but you know um kids are able to heal and they're able to bounce back from even trauma that's what i think and so even though like it's like wow i never uh i never saw that behavior 10 years ago five years ago four years ago right like it's just shocking it's a shock to the system for sure and i but i think it's just like reframing your mind as the teacher is like oh okay well they're spending a lot of time on tiktok which is unregulated they're spending a lot of time on cell phones, a lot of time with technology. They still crave interaction. They still crave a relationship with their teacher. You just have to remind yourself of that. I That's love my- that. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're so right on there. I I totally agree that that is our world has changed so drastically, like in terms of like just phones and the internet and just the availability of information. Um, and then the pandemic, like parents just feeling like, uh, I can't take care of my kid here. Here's your computer. Here's your video game, like whatever, you know, just throwing their hands up in the air. Um, and yeah, I think it's like a daily struggle that parents and teachers are going through and kids. And I just actually recorded an episode about this. No, 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 no. An episode on my own podcast, about how we really need to stop shaming kids and ourselves um, for screen use. And that we, you know, and, and then I'm not saying that we need to like use them excessively um, because that can be damaging. But like, 
I just, I think that shaming ourselves and our kids and making them feel bad for being on their technology all the time is really confusing for kids, you know, because I think technology that a lot of them love it, you know, and they're like, but, but all the adults around me are saying it's bad. That is, that is a confusing message. Like to constantly feel bad about something that you're enjoying. Um, and yeah, so and I, I think the episode I think we have to kind of embrace, embrace the technology um, and embrace that things have changed. Like we have to yeah. understand that kids are being exposed to things that we used to protect them from because of the technology. Right. And it's just like learning to adapt to that and kind of get over it emotionally. I think it really helps you as a teacher, not like freak out and say, this is the worst time ever. I'm quitting. Right. Because it's just like, it's your mind. It's your mind that you have to get through with dealing with the different behaviors. It's just like, it's an adjustment. That's what I feel. It's an adjustment. You have to accept that it's not going to go back to how it was. This is how it is now. And then accept it, adjust your thinking accordingly that you can get on with your day and then just try to keep, you know, try, try to keep on going. Well, and I also think like it's, it can be really like harnessed to build relationships with kids, you know, like yes. ask them, what kind of video games do you like? Like what's we your love favorite it. social media? Yeah. Like, what's, what's the best YouTube video? Like what's the most important thing you've learned from YouTube or like, what do you think, yeah. you know, like and- using it as a way to like build that kind of relationship because kids love technology. Like, I don't know. They do. Kid- And like, if we could just, I know we're running a little over on time, but like, I just like to close out with this one little story. Um, Last week or two weeks ago at school, we had a dance, a school dance. They hired a DJ and every grade level came to the dance. And um, we, everybody was worried because the kids have been fighting. Um, There's been a lot of acts of violence. Kids have been really inappropriate. Um, it's just been a rough school year. Right. And so everyone's like, oh, we're just going to let them go to this dance and just do whatever. Well, they did. And they allowed cell phones at the dance, cell phones with no rules. You can do anything you want. If you want to go on TikTok, go on TikTok. If you want to make some TikToks and there were zero behavior problems, Wow, zero, we did not have one fight. Nobody was crying. I was a chaperone for the dance all day. I was there all day. So I was there to watch kindergarten through fifth grade. I'm watching these fifth graders who have just been very challenging. Like, like I've left in tears some days having to deal with some of the stuff they throw at me. Right. And they're having the best time of their life. Right. Like they, no behaviors out of the fifth grade. All they wanted to do was like take videos on their cell phones and do TikToks and do dances and do songs and lip sync. And it's like, if you think about like, we're so against cell phones in schools or most schools are, most teachers are, I mean, most schools I've been to are anti no cell phone campuses. Right. And then you see this one little thing, just giving them their cell phones and they were engaged and they were well-behaved and they were productive. I mean, they were creating like music videos and playing games with each other and not fighting. And I was like, wow, it was a totally different atmosphere. I felt like I was at a different school. 
Wow. Totally different school. And I get it. They didn't have to sit and learn reading and math and they didn't have to sit in a chair. They could get up and move around, but it was just like being at a different school. And I was like, wow, there's something here. Anyway, I thought it was a fun story to end on. Um, Just kind of food for thought. Like we're always trying to take things away from kids, especially technology. And just in my experience, when they have it, they're so much better. Well, and when you (laughs) said they were, all they wanted to do is make videos. I feel like that's really telling that kids just want to be loved and seen, you know, and they want to yeah. be cool. And like, they they just want to feel important, you know, and they want to yeah. know that they're okay. And that they, that, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, I think like, a lot of the technology use is them trying to get that, that like love and acceptance. Yes. You know? And they all, they all just want to make either videos for YouTube or videos for TikTok. And yeah. what is that? It's getting acceptance from your peers yeah. and the general population. And it's like a, it's like a technology hug right? When you get those <laughs> likes and comments, it's yeah. like someone seeing that you're important and what you did is important, you know? Yeah. So I wish we could harness that a little bit more. And I I bet we could have a whole podcast just on that, like a, like harnessing technology for the greater good, right? But anyway. Yeah, yeah I have a lot well, of about that. It, we went way over on time, but I'm going to put my sunglasses on and bid you adieu. It was a lot of fun. I think we had a very productive and fun chat. And I can't wait to see what we come up with next in just a few minutes. <laughs> Toodles. Toodles. Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever.